the uniqueness of the miracles of Jesus. I want to talk about that. What is it that made what Jesus did, his miracles, so unique amongst the people of his day? But now, even before we begin to dissect this question, the better way to understand the word miracles, which, which actually comes from the Greek word semion, which means sign, is to understand it in that manner. What Jesus did was not so much as something that was supernatural. Indeed, that's what the definition of a miracle is, to, to be something that's supernatural. But the theological understanding of what Jesus did is that these supernatural manifestations of Jesus were signs that indicated two basic things, two basic things. Number one, that he is the son of God. And number two, that he is the Messiah. So therefore the miracles that we call, we call them miracles, but I prefer to say signs. But the miracles that Jesus did were unique in character. Okay, so let's turn very quickly to John chapter 15. We're going to look at verse number 24, and this is going to get us started with this particular point. But notice what Jesus says in John 15 and 24. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. Now, the thing that is very unique is what he said. Notice he said, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did. So Jesus is now declaring that he did unique miracles. Again, what? Signs. Signs that no one else had done. But now think about it. Sometimes you may say, well, well, maybe he's referring to the resurrection of the dead. No. Jesus was not the first somebody to resurrect someone from the dead. Elijah resurrected the widow's son. Uh, and when certain men, soldiers who were involved in some sort of a battle were thrown into a cave where the bones of Elijah was laid and that dead man's corpse touched Elijah's bones, they resurrected from the dead. So no, resurrection from the dead was not unique. Or say, for instance, giving sight to the blind. Elijah, the prophet, not only struck men with blindness, but he also healed a group of soldiers who had came to arrest him with blind. He healed them from that same blindness. OK, but Jesus did miracles that were unique. And what is the Lord talking about? What is he referring to when he says that he did those things which no one else had done? So what we're going to do, and there are four things we could investigate, but for time's sake, we're only going to look at three of these particular things, three particular miracles or signs, okay? But notice before we move to these points, these particular signs that Jesus performed that no one else had done, notice what he said. If I had not done them, they would have no sin. Now, guys, I can't go any further without explaining this part to you. And I know you want to get to it. But notice he said they would not have any sin. That sin is in the singular. What sin? The sin of rejecting him as Messiah. So let, let, let me say it this way and we're going to get right into it. 
The whole point of all of these things was Jesus came as fulfillment to that which Moses and the prophets had said that a coming anointed one, that's what Messiah literally means, a coming anointed one from God would come. And that's what Moses prophesied. A prophet likened unto me would come. And whatever he says, Moses says what? Listen to him in whatever he should say. So Jesus comes to fulfill that thing spoken by Moses and all of the prophets. He is the expected coming Messiah. But here's the point. If the Messiah should come, what is it that he should do in the same way that Moses? What signs or what miracles would the Messiah give that would prove that he indeed was the coming Messiah? And now this is what Jesus is referring to in John chapter 15. I did these particular signs or works or miracles that no man had done. And these things proved indeed that I said that I am who I said that I am. So let's look at them so we can so you'll understand it even more so. OK, so let's go to Luke. That's going to be our first place. Luke chapter five. Verse number 12. All right. And here we see the healing of a leper. Now, let me just give you a little background. One of the most amazing things in the book of Leviticus is we find a long, two long chapters in the book of Leviticus concerning the healing of leprosy, about detecting leprosy and also the healing of, if le once the leprosy is healed, what to do with an individual when such an individual has been healed. And this was something to be done by the priest, okay? But here's the thing that I'm trying to say. In all of that material given about leprosy, no Jewish person was ever healed of leprosy. There was no record of any Jewish person who was ever healed, and that is healed by a man, healed by a man. Now we know that Miriam, the sister of Moses was healed of leprosy, okay? But she was also healed by God. Moses did not heal Miriam. Miriam was healed directly by God. And the only other record we have of a healing, healing of leprosy was done by Elijah to a Gentile by the name of Naaman. The point is, God gave these scriptures, God gave this order of what should be done concerning leprosy to the Jewish people about the healing of leprosy, but there was never a Jewish person ever healed of leprosy, not until Jesus. You got it? So, and this spoke of something else about the expectations of the Jewish people, but let's just go on to it in Luke chapter 5. Starting at verse number 12, while he was in one of the cities, that is Jesus, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He had faith to believe that Jesus could heal him of his leprosy. But we're going to get to the point. Verse number 13, Jesus, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him a very powerful miracle and it was done immediately 
Verse number 14. Here's where we pay close attention. And he, Jesus, ordered him to tell no one because Jesus didn't want to be bombarded with everybody trying to come to him for healing. But he needed to minister. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded. Now, that's the Leviticus 13 and 14. The, the, uh, what did the law of Moses say? Once a person is found to have leprosy, they're to be I'm sorry to say it this way, ostracized from the community. The only way, if once they would be healed, they would have to go to the priest and make it up. The priest would see for sure if they were truly healed of the leprosy and only the priest can declare them cleansed. So therefore, Jesus said, go and show the priest. But why? Because Jesus will always keep every letter of the law. Okay, and the law also commanded that they should make an offering once that this, once this was done. But now notice, here's the point: make the offering Moses commanded. But notice what Jesus said, and as a testimony to them, a testimony to who? A testimony to the priests. Why? Because at this point in time, and we have number numbers of Jesus cleansing lepers from their sins. But the point that I'm trying to get you guys to see is Jesus not only wanted them to follow the Mosaic law concerning cleansing and making the offering, but he wanted this to testify. Let the, So when that leper came to them, they would have to ask a series of questions. And the primary question that the priest would ask is this, who healed you of your leprosy? Why? Because no man has ever been clean. No person has ever been cleansed of leprosy. So this would get the attention of the priest when Jesus did this particular miracle. And they would say that, who did this miracle? And the leper would, of course, the leper who is now cleansed, would say, Jesus of Nazareth. Now, that brings us to one of our driving points. One of the beliefs of the Jewish people was that when the Messiah came, he would have the ability to heal people of their leprosy, something that was never done. Remember what Jesus said in John 15? That's what we're operating from. Had I not done these miracles, the, that what miracles? The miracles that no one else had done before. They would have no sin. They would have no reason. They would have, okay, fine, reject me for my messiahship. Why? Because I've shown you no proof. But notice what Jesus is saying. These things are unique. Miracles nobody have ever done. Healing of leprosy. It shows you that I am who I said that I am. Miracle number one. Let's look at another miracle, okay? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 12. In that very familiar passage, the miracle of healing a demon-possessed man. Let's just read a few, a, a few parts of the scripture. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind. I'm at verse 22. He was demon-possessed. That's our key. He was demon-possessed. He was blind and mute. Now, that is our key. Mute. The man was unable to speak. And we'll come back to that. He was blind and mute and was brought to Jesus and Jesus just simply healed him. He healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw. All the crowds were amazed. Now notice something. 
Jesus had cast out demons before, but never notice this is the first instance that we have in the scriptures recorded before the crowd that Jesus cast out a demon of a man who was unable to speak. And notice when he did this particular thing, notice how the crowd responded at this particular miracle. Remember what we're talking about again? I did things no man had ever done before. When he did that, notice the crowd said, this man cannot be, that is Jesus. He cannot be the son of David, can he? Okay, just in case. When the crowd said he cannot be the son of David, what they're saying is this, this cannot be the Messiah. In other words, by this particular miracle, they knew that only the Messiah could do this miracle. That's why, and I'm not going to get into reading all of the rest of the passages, but here's the point, just in case you're, you're thinking, well, maybe Jesus was the first somebody to cast out demons. That's not true. Look at verse number 27. When Jesus is trying to tell them, he defends that he is casting out demons through the power of God and not through demons. Notice what he said. If I cast out, but if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, listen, right, I'm, but if I by Beelzebub, I'm sorry, guys. If I by Beelzebub, the spirit of demons, cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? What is the point here? Jesus is saying he's not the first somebody to cast out demons. They have already been casting out demons once before. But here is the beauty of the thing. When the Jews cast out demons, they had a, a, a manner, a means by which they cast out demons. What would they do? In order to cast out demons, they, they first had to get the demon's name. They had to inquire by the demon's name and then they could invoke authority over the demon once they understood or learned the demon's name. So when you find out the demon's name, then you can cast the demon out of a person. But they believe that once the Messiah would come, he had no need to find out the demon's name. He would have the power to do what? Simply cast the demon out. That's why this particular sign miracle is so important. What, are, what is Jesus doing? Notice, they brought a man to Jesus and the man could not speak. And since the man could not speak, Jesus just did what? Cast the demon out of the man without inquiring what the name of the demon was. And that's why the people, they responded so incredible. They said, oh my gosh, this man can't be the Messiah, can he? Again, Jesus doing what? He's doing things that no one else had done before. All right, let's turn to one more. Let's do another one. Let's do a third one. All right, let's turn to John chapter nine, dealing with the occasion of the man born blind. We'll just simply read a few passages and then we'll make our final point. John chapter nine, verse number one. And as he, Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind? So they wanted to know what was the reason for this man being born blind? Was it because of sin? Notice Jesus's response, okay? But we can't stay on it, but it's a beautiful point. Jesus answered, it was neither because of sin that this man's parents had sinned, nor the man had sinned. Look at the end of verse number three. 
but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. In other words, Jesus was saying this man was born blind for this particular time. He was born blind. And let me just cut through it, guys, so that this particular sign might be shown through him. All right. So but the, here's the whole point. The man was born blind. OK, as I said earlier, remember, healing of blindness was nothing new. Remember, Elijah healed men who were who men who were blind. But these men were not born blind. According to the Jewish expectation, they believed that only the Messiah would have the power to heal a man that was born blind. That's why once this man was born, blind, and it's a beautiful story, guys, and we don't have time to even just walk through it. Maybe we'll do a separate teaching on it. That's why Jesus sent this man to the pool of Shalom, because he knew the priest would be there. He knew the man would be exposed to these priests at the Feast of Tabernacle. He knew that the questions would arise about this man being healed of his blindness, a man that was born blind. That's why the Jewish leaders made such a big deal about it. What did they do? Remember, they called his parents. Is this your son whom you say was born blind? And the whole issue about it is this. The miracle was so unique. But anyway, let's look at what the man said, and we're going to kind of wrap it up with this one. Remember in verse number 32, look at it, what it said. And the man said, when he himself was actually tested or, or, or brought to trial in a sense, you know, being questioned by these leaders about this particular sign, the miracle of Jesus. And he noticed what he said in verse number 32. Since the beginning of time, it has never been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. And that's our point again. What did Jesus say? If I had not done the works that I did that no one else had done. And just for good measure, I throw this one in. You say, well, well, well Pastor Lee, you were talking about this stuff about resurrection from the dead. And Jesus uh, resurrected Lazarus from the dead. And we know that Elijah and the whole point about Elijah and their resurrection from the dead. Huh? But when Elijah resurrected the widow's son, he had recently died. When the men died who touched the bones of Elijah, they had just died. The miracle of Lazarus, and we won't even turn to it, but I just explain it to you so that it will just even further add to the point that Jesus made. He did things no one had done before. When Lazarus had, remember when Lazarus was sick in John chapter 11, they came to him and Jesus stayed there. And they said, well, let's go. Jesus said, this sickness has not come unto death but has come for the glory of the Son of God. And he stayed there all the way up until when he finally got there, Lazarus had been dead. How long? Four days. That when he got to the tomb and commanded that the stone roll be rolled away, what did his sister say? His body had now decayed and Lazarus was stinking. And that's our wonderful thing. Why? For in the Jewish mind, they believe that the spirit of a person remained with their bodies for three days. And after three days, the spirit 
completely departs from the body and therefore resurrection is no longer possible until the last day. And here's Jesus' whole point. When Jesus resurrected Lazarus, he made certain that according to their beliefs, his spirit had long departed his body. His body had entered into decay. So therefore, only the Messiah, or should I even say, only God can bring life back to a completely dead and decayed body. What did Jesus say? Unless I had done the... <laughs> Beautiful, isn't it? I had done the work nobody else did then they would have no reason to reject me as Messiah. But guess what? I did those works. So what did Jesus do? All the things that he did was to prove these were not just simply miracles, but these were signs that proved that he was who he said he was. He was the Messiah, the one sent from God. He was the son and indeed he is the Son of God, God made flesh. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. <laughs> and by the way, if you like the video, be sure to hit that like button. And if you haven't subscribed, subscribe now. And be sure to hit that notification button so that you'll get a notification every time we upload a new video. All right, guys, catch you next time.